Open. Hit me! The 2022 State Fair Classic. Grambling State versus Prairie View A&M. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl inside the world's largest state fair. It's going down. Are you ready? One ticket gets you into the fair and the big game. What did you just say? Come early for the fair. Stay later for the game. One ticket. Also, also. At 4 p.m. performing live on the Chevy Main Stage. Grammy Award winning Ashanti. Live. Then, then the classic kicks off at a new time. 6 p.m. Watch two new head coaches battle it out for the first time. The battle gets bigger at halftime. When the world-famed Tiger Marching Band takes on the Prairie View A&M Marching Store. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Visit StateFairClassicFootball.com. Sponsored in part by City of Dallas. Dallas Sports Commission. McDonald's. Black and Positively Golden. Chevy. Cricket Wireless. And Methodist Hospital. Talking to them. Pull up the You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, September 27th. I'm Donald Ware. It's Takeaway Tuesday here on the Daily Podcast. I've got a couple of takeaways uh, that I want to talk about from week four in HBCU football. First of all, want to give condolences to Tyler Smith, a player for Alcorn State whose uh, mother and young sister were among four that were killed late Saturday evening in a traffic accident at the Warren Isequina County line on US 61 North. That's in, uh, that's in Mississippi. And so, man, I, I tell you what, I, I feel, I feel for Tyler Smith. Um, we here at box to row are playing, are praying for he, uh, and his family for the entire Alcorn state university community because it affects it affects everyone. It, it affects Alcorn State as a whole. You know it is affecting uh, Tyler Smith. You know it's affecting his teammates. They have to, the, the ones that, that really know him close to him, et cetera. And uh, so our thoughts and prayers are with Tyler Smith, his family, and the entire Alcorn State uh, University community. That is extremely tough. Um, so I want to look at uh, the box to row, or the uh, excuse me, the HBCU national players uh, of the week, and we have a couple. As a matter of fact, uh, this week, um, in speaking about Alcorn State, and you know, there's a running back. Okay, now we can talk about a lot of different universities being running back. You, I mean, you can talk about North Carolina A and T. You can talk about Alcorn State. Um, I mean, there's there's quite a few um, that can can uh, really ha- you know have sort of that moniker of running back. You, I think certainly. Um, I mean, Alcorn State has had a plethora, okay, of of running backs here, particularly uh, under uh, Fred McNair, uh, Jarvian Howard, one of the running backs uh, for Alcorn State, one of the HBCU National Players of the Week. 295 yards rushing and four touchdowns in the ball game. He carried the ball 24 times. Okay. And at one point he scored three straight touchdowns, including what amounted to be the game winner. And uh, Fred McNair, coach McNair uh, on his, uh, his weekly press conference on Monday talked about this young man. He's a transfer from Syracuse. He's he, you know who he likened him to. He likened him to Earl Campbell and said the sky is the limit for this young man and really thinks 
um, that he has the ability to really play at the next level. So Jarvion Howard, one of the Box to Row National Players of the Week. The other is Isaiah Freeman of Lincoln of Pennsylvania. He threw for 298 yards, 16 of 27 in terms of pass completions. He was also 2 of 4 for 48 yards on the last drive. Lincoln got a game-winning field goal as time expired. Okay, he had 318 yards of total offense. And then not only did he throw uh, for the three touchdowns without a single interception, but he also had another rushing touchdown. So he was responsible for four touchdowns, right? So again, Isaiah, Isaiah Freeman, the quarterback for Lincoln of Pennsylvania, uh, also the HBCU National Player of the Week. And I look at Lincoln. Lincoln has won a couple of ball games. Beat Johnson C. Smith, uh, by the way, this past uh, Saturday. So it's won a couple of straight ball games. Has Lincoln? I think I, I think Josh Dean is 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 trying to turn uh, getting that program turned around. Taking a look at the HBCU coaches and media polls, one and two in both polls: Jackson State and North Carolina Central. Jackson State and North Carolina Central, one and two in both polls. Uh, North Carolina Central and Jackson State both are four and zero on the season. We still have remaining quite a few. Uh, teams that are undefeated we'll talk about those teams because that's one of my takeaways again in the coaches poll uh Alcorn State number three Prairie View A&M number four Hampton dropping its first game of the season Hampton played Delaware nationally ranked Delaware fell to the hens but Hampton rounds out the top five in the coaches poll in the media poll Albany State three Virginia Union four Florida A&M five both of those teams moved up one spot from last week uh so you can and of course you can check out the hbcu coaches and media polls uh, on our website at box so you have jackson state you have north carolina central you have benedict you have fort valley state and you have langston and virginia union all remain undefeated when is the last time we had five or six hb uh, five wait so let me recount uh, Jackson State, North Carolina Central, Fort Valley, Benedict, Virginia Union, Langston. When is the last time we had six HBCU programs undefeated through four weeks plus one when you count opening week? Through five weeks, we have we have six HBCUs that remain undefeated. So that's one of my takeaways, uh, certainly. One of my other takeaways uh, North Carolina A&T's victory over uh, Jackson State. As a matter of fact, that victory by the Aggies propelled the Aggies to number eight in the coaches poll and receiving the most votes in, in terms of others receiving votes, receiving the most votes uh, amongst others receiving votes in the media poll. Um, it's a huge win. A, you're beating the defending champs. That's uh, number one. Number two, you know, it was a close game, especially, and it was it was really a close game throughout. The score was forty-one to twenty-seven. A and T was able to kind of in, in the second half kind of maintain that fourteen-point lead when when uh, when South Carolina State pulled to within seven. A and T went right back down and scored in the second half. I thought I thought the turning point there was a turning point in the game, and it's interesting because it seems like turning points. For A&T winning against South Carolina State 
happen on special teams. Let's go back to 2015, a fake field goal when when really South Carolina State had this game in the bag, tried to attempt a, a fake field goal. I mean, I think I think I'm trying to think if South Carolina State may have been up like six to nothing or something like that. I mean, it dominated the game. Fake field goal didn't work. A&T was able to come back. Ended up kicking a field goal. It wasn't it, it turned out to be the game winner because South Carolina State had one more opportunity and couldn't get a field goal to go that was that was missed. Um, so you look at that. I go back to last year, right? South Carolina State on a roll, a fake punt. No, a fake. No, excuse me. Let me back it up. 2015 was a fake punt, okay? Last year was a fake field goal that didn't work. A&T ultimately wins the game. And then this year on special teams. So the score was um, A&T led 14 to 13 right before the half. South Carolina State was to get the ball to begin the second half. I think South Carolina State had a little bit of the momentum. A&T kicked off having taken the lead um and then the uh the the uh, returner for South Carolina State kind of bobbled the ball in the end zone instead of downing it. it I think it hit him in in the field of play what happened it hit him in the field of play the ball went into the end zone so if he goes if he gets in the end zone downs it, it it's a touchback I, I don't know if he didn't know that or what happened but he decided to bring it out it was only able to get to like the 10 yard line I think South Carolina State, I don't know if South Carolina State got a penalty. They ended up doing a kneel down. A&T used its timeouts wisely. As a matter of fact, A&T only had two timeouts. So South Carolina State could have gone into the locker room without really having to take a snap. But there, I, I, something happened. I'm not really sure. There was some kind of confusion. It wasn't the greatest officiated game, quite frankly. A&T gets the ball back, gets a good return from the punt and immediately trots out Andrew Brown, who knocks down a 49-yard field goal. Now, he's got two 49-yard field goals this year, and I think a 48-yarder as well. He only missed one field goal, and the one field goal he missed was from 53 yards on Saturday against South Carolina State. Um, And uh, even that field goal had the leg, and it was close. Um, So it's these mishaps by South Carolina State that seems to be costing the Bulldogs in this series. Listen, A&T has won seven straight games. A&T used four quarterbacks, four, in this game. First quarterback got hit uh, really hard. It was a targeting uh, call. It ended up not being targeted, but it was a big hit. Helmet came off. The uh, penalty stood, but no targeting. Uh, but the but quarterback was in concussion protocol. Next quarterback comes in, gets injured with his foot. Went off with an ankle-foot ankle injury. Jalen Fowler, who's been the incumbent quarterback, was the veteran quarterback from last year, comes in and does a solid job. He's like 8 of 14, two touchdowns, no interceptions, did a solid job, but it was the running game. Much like South Carolina State was able to run against A&T last year, A&T was able to run against South Carolina State this year. Um, you look at um, Bayshaw Tootin, uh, had a phenomenal, I mean, it's a phenomenal game, had two rushing touchdowns had another passing touchdown off of a shovel pass. He was unbelievable in the ball game. And the A&T defense held South Carolina State to 12 yards rushing. No Kendrell Flowers. Kendrell Flowers did not play in this game. And I think that, I think that, I think that was big uh, also. Now, I'm going to tell you, 
B.J. Davis, the linebacker for South Carolina State, and, and, and now listen to me. I've wa- I watched Javon Hargrave play. I watched Javon Hargrave in 2014 re- as an interior lineman register six sacks against Bethune Cook in a big win for South Carolina State who I don't know if, if, if the Bulldogs were down that year, but it's definitely a game Bethune-Cookman should have won. I think Bethune-Cookman was favored in that game. It was a better team, and South Carolina State pulled it out. I watched Shaquille Leonard play for four years, called games for four years of, 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 of Shaquille Leonard, right? B.J. Davis is, I mean, he makes as many plays, more plays, I'm going to say that, than those guys. He had, I think, 15 tackles in the game. He was all over the field uh, in that football game. And that was a big win, I think, for A&T going now into Big South play. For South Carolina State, still doesn't hurt South Carolina State. Remember, South Carolina State was 5-5 five and five going into the last game of the season against Norfolk State. If Norfolk State had won that game, no, 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 it didn't matter. That game didn't matter. South Carolina State had already wrapped up the, the MEAC and really... I don't even think played a lot of his players still ended up winning that game six and five and then beat South Carolina or beat Jackson state in the celebration bowl to go seven and five. But we're seeing a South Carolina state team that maybe not much different than last year in terms of some of the outcomes and where this, this team is where the team is one and two right now, South Carolina's the university of South Carolina on the horizon, I think Virginia University of Lynchburg after that, and then getting into MEAC play to close out the season. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I was surprised. I mean, to be honest with you, I was, I was surprised. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I mean, I thought, you know, on paper, you know, maybe that South Carolina State was the better team coming into that football game, but A&T was able to pull it out. So that is another one of my takeaways another takeaway Bethune Cookman with a big win over Grambling okay and so now but everything's still ahead of Bethune Cookman I'd mentioned that Grambling um, had already had one loss in the conference but that game against Jackson State wasn't a conference game so this was the 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 first loss for Grambling in the conference but it's still big uh, because you've got one loss now whereas for Bethune Cookman everything is still ahead of it this is the thing about Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman coming off a bye has been outstanding. This year, Bethune-Cookman won coming off a bye. Last year, Bethune-Cookman won coming off a bye. 19, Bethune-Cookman um, did not win coming off a bye. 18, Bethune-Cookman didn't have a bye. In 17, Bethune-Cookman won coming off a bye. But even in 2018, Bethune-Cookman that year lost its bye because it chose to use its bye week to play Nebraska, if if you all remember that. I think they got a guarantee of like $800,000 or something like that. But even after that loss to Nebraska, which would have been Bethune-Cookman's bye week, still came back the next week and won. So Terry Sims really has his teams prepared coming off bye weeks. Bethune-Cookman coming into that game was 0-2 and was able to win that game coming off a bye week. Terry Sims has his programs prepared coming off of bye weeks. Uh, Did a really good job, and I think Bethune-Cookman, we're going to see a bit of a difference because, listen, you know, playing against Miami, that's playing against Miami. Tough game. 
you lose to South Carolina State, who, yes, the defending champs, I, I, I still need to see more. I mean, like, I, we haven't seen enough. I, I don't want to make a judgment on South Carolina State right now. I need to see a little bit more. But from what I saw against A&T and Bethune-Cookman losing that game 33-9 to to South Carolina State, I'm like, wow, that, you know, that was a big loss. But again, by week preparation, I asked Coach Sims about it. He just said, this is a routine we've done every year. We go back to the basic fundamentals of the game. And obviously that has worked. Nothing different this year either. And that has worked. You're talking about three of the last four years where Bethune-Cookman has had a bye. It has won those bowl games. And then, uh, even the year it didn't, it uh, ultimately won the game the week after it was supposed to have had a bye. So I, I think that's uh, magnificent uh, and it's big and it shows um, the preparation that Terry Sims and his staff has to detail. All coaches say, by week, we're going to do this. We're going to get back to academics. We're going to do all this. And then next week, it just doesn't work out. But not so much that being the case for Terry Sims and Bethune Cookman. Um, so that's another takeaway. Uh, I look at Virginia Union. I, I mentioned the um, six undefeated HBCUs, big win over Fayetteville State. That's a game that we could see as a rematch in the Seattle A Championship game this year. Very possible that we could see that game as a rematch. So those are some of my takeaways here on Takeaway Tuesday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast where you can find us on our website at BoxToRoad.com. You can also find us on iHeartMedia or wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch on the Box to Row YouTube page. On tomorrow's HBCU Daily Football Daily Podcast, uh, Jamie Gillen, punter for the New York Giants, uh, will be our guest. Uh, and remember, he was the punter the previous three years for the Browns, was an HBCU All-American at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Got a good story, an interesting story. It's an interesting conversation. And we're going to bring it to you on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on tomorrow. Talk with you then. And I had no beef with you Even though you know that I should've Never once said I speak out you Even though you know that I could've Crept the streets with you If through my hood I let you pass